We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the KCSN Draft Show. He's my favorite player in the draft. This dude right here, he's going to be one of those guys that I stand on the table If for. I could, I would trade up for this guy. This guy has a beat on an early My Guy stamp. Welcome to the KCSN Draft Show. It is a special, special episode this week. We are excited to be talking to the director of the East-West Shrine Bowl, Eric Galco. Eric, my man. Appreciate you coming through. Is, is director the correct title? Do you have some fancier title than is it, or is it, is it just no, director? director of director of football operations and player personnel? But director works. Guy in okay. charge, whatever else. Hopefully, someone's going to lead the Shrine Bowl for for a long time here. But excited to talk to you guys tonight. <laughs> yeah, we got Maddie Lane here too, and and man, we're geeked out to talk to you, Eric. Um, I, I I'm telling you, we're, we're the whole KCSN team's going to be going to the Shrine Bowl. We've we've had it marked on our calendars, and I just got to credit you and your team. The, the group that you've brought in this year is just, it's an awesome group. I think it's as good of, as, a, as a Shrine Bowl group that I've seen, I think. So that's a massive credit to your team and what you guys have done. Yeah, we're, we're excited. You know, I, I the goal this year, first and foremost, my first year with the game is first off, kind of spice it up a little bit. So hopefully you guys are excited. That's going to be in Las Vegas. That's a good, that's a good first spice up there and a couple other great things. <laughs> both, you know, great media access, a lot of good resources for players, a couple of cool things football wise, but the goal this year was to have the most draft picks from the Shrine Bowl in the last 25, 30 years. And I think confidently we're going to hit that goal and then some. So we're on the right track and we're excited to have a lot of great players in the Shrine Bowl this year. Yeah, we noticed a lot of dudes here and we, we want to talk about plenty of them. Uh, you know, there's there's some guys that we're really excited to ask some questions about. I think we got to start with some of the local local ties here, though. Like, I think that's, you know, there's some local kids some players in, in the uh you know, in the in the game with some local ties, uh, Skylar Thompson, I think, is the first one, the quarterback out of Kansas State. Um, what do you think, you know, Skylar Thompson's got to prove this week to NFL teams uh, to kind of improve his opportunities uh, in the draft and, and, and with an NFL team? Yeah, I will say for Skylar, he's a quarterback that obviously has been productive, been successful, won a lot of games in college and. Early on in the process, I, I we had our eye on a lot of quarterbacks, including Skyler. But I wanted to ask NFL teams, hey, who, who do you guys like of these six quarterbacks, right? And it was a mix of guys that came to the Shrine Bowl, ones that didn't, some guys that stayed in school. But it was about 
about eight to ten guys. I said, rank your top six. And Skyler came up one, two, three, or four in a lot. And there were guys that I'm promising you'd be surprised that he was above. I think teams see Skyler as he's one, he's athletic, he can make downfield throws, he shows consistently he can go through progressions on film. There are games he has that you're like, that guy can start in the NFL, right? Some games aren't as great. He's had some injuries too. But I think a lot of teams say, hey, you know, no matter what, if that guy's our backup, he can absolutely get off as a game. And then maybe more. And those flashes, those best games, you're saying, hey, maybe that guy can win us a couple games here. And again, no one has his illusions. He doesn't have the Justin Herbert arm talent or the Malik Willis in this draft class athleticism. But genuinely, when I say teams, he and Jack Cohn, another name, you asked about Jack Cohn, but those two guys, I think, are a lot more well-liked by NFL teams than people on the outside may think. So genuinely, I know he's a tribal guy. He's my guy. I'm hyping these guys up. But but Skyler has a lot of very – viewed very safely by NFL teams so far. And hopefully the Shrine Bowl only helps that. When it makes sense, like a lot of quarterbacks like that that might not have the, the the arm talent or something like that that jumps out to people, they really pop off with their intangibles and stuff like that. And I think if you're going to ask K-State fans, you know, the first things that come to mind, it's going to be stuff like leadership and things like that. And we've seen time after time, whether it's at the Shrine or some of those other, you know, bull names that we're not going to talk about, the other all-star games where the quarterbacks like that go ahead and like make a good push there and really get teams' attention. It's like this is a perfect opportunity for him to come out and show out that leadership and how his teammates rally around him and stuff. So like, I'm excited to go down there and watch him for him, but just those reasons alone. And I think the important thing for Skyler, I think a lot of teams, and my background before the Shrine Bowl was I was a director of player personnel for the XFL, right? And when I wanted to evaluate those quarterbacks, I felt, hey, the big missing point right now was guys that can be mobile, can improvise successfully in and out to the pocket, and can make throws under pressure. And those guys work. I always love Taylor Heineke, P.J. Walker, right? And those guys were not only XFL guys, but NFL guys. And that's Skyler's strength, right? If you can just not make mistakes or when something goes wrong or your offensive line's playing poorly, you can make a play, which Skyler did a lot these past two years. Like, that's not only valuable in the NFL, but those guys end up being the case Keenum, Taylor Heineke's that are surprise starters. But it makes sense why those guys stick around. So, so generally, Skyler has a chance to have a long NFL career for sure. So we're going to move on to another local guy who went to Mill Valley in the area here. So Lucas Kroll tied in out of Pittsburgh. And like the first thing just I saw when I put on him is just kind of the size and the general kind of movement skills you see out of him out there. So what kind of drew you guys to Lucas Kroll at Pitt? Yeah, we've been aware of Lucas. You know, I've been aware of him for a couple of years now. He was kind of the next guy in line behind Kyle Pitts at Florida. Didn't work out there, transfers to Pitt. And very smart move by Lucas, became best friends with Kenny Pickett. Mm. And that would be a good, good best friend to hit your wagon. Right. Too. You saw, yeah. you know, week one or week two. I learned, I remember it now there was I, the, the staff there at Pittsburgh raved about Lucas before the year. Like, hey, this guy, they're like, we don't know how he's going to play, but we know talent wise he's special. And then that second or first game, there's a, a corner route in the back of the end zone that Kenny threw to Lucas Crow. And then from there it was like those two had a connection. I think for Lucas, the biggest thing he wants to show, obviously with a one year really of production in college, is can he be that? traditional inline guy, right? Not necessarily like Travis Kelsey, but can he be a guy that does all those things, right? You either, are he, is he versatile or is he just a, a gadget guy? I think if he can show he can block, he can run the stem, the full route tree out of the, out of the wide tight end, that'll be huge for him as well. But he's going to test well at the combine. All of his best footballs ahead of him. A guy that in a, even a strong tight end class, if he goes top 100 overall, it wouldn't surprise me at all. He's also a guy that I think he started, didn't he start his career as a baseball player too, right? Was, was that yeah, where you kind of start? And then guy for sure. Yep. He was drafted. I think he was drafted too in uh in Major League Baseball, if I remember correctly. But yeah, so I yeah, it's was drafted. Oh, that's, that's everybody get drafted. I think you got drafted too, didn't you? Come <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I did actually. You're right. It's a good point. Everybody, everybody <laughs> yeah. does at some point. Everybody gets picked. 
There's another tight end actually that um that's local here. So you know, just in the in the Johnson County, Kansas, which is the Kansas side of the KC Metro, um, Garrett Prince. Uh, he he went to yeah. Shawnee Mission Northwest out here. Um, he had a wide receiver background. And I think that's one of the things that really stands out to me is you can kind of tell that he he played wide receiver uh, at, at Butler County. So uh, I, he's a guy I've really enjoyed watching play. Um, I, what 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 are your thoughts on Garrett Prince and what what drew you guys to to him? Yeah, I mean, just to stats count for a second, I'm pretty sure he ended the year as the leading receiving touchdown getter at tight end this year. So mm-hmm. shouldn't be a sleeper in that mindset. And I think one thing that's cool about Garrett, and if I can have a Shrine Bowl for a second, is this year, and it was crazy to me, no All-Star game's ever done this before, but we divided our roster up by personnel groupings, right? So we've mm-hmm. got an 11 personnel offense, which has your slot receivers, right? That, that A lot of teams that run that, right? And then uh, the other team has 12 personnel, which for Garrett, is that kind of H-back move tight end, right? So in all-star games in the past, Garrett would be in line blocking the whole time, and that's not really his game. But the Shrine Bowl would be a chance to give you kind of an unattached tight end or an attached but H-back type tight end. And that's where he wins. That UAB, he ran that like that uh, attached off the line of scrimmage tight end wheel route for like four touchdowns this year mm-hmm. alone, right? He can beat yeah. linebackers and safeties getting downfield. He's got kind of sneaky breakaway speed at the open field. He can run routes at a very high level in the short midfield area. So productive playing an outstanding season this year um, shows build to be kind of a versatile chess piece as a move tight end. Like I could play in space. I think he'll guy like Gerald Everett, who's been in the league now for five, six years, and being a second round pick. That's who I kind of compare Garrett to. And mm. yeah, I think he's probably underappreciated maybe in the media stuff. And maybe as some teams I've talked to, but again, some teams really feel that, Hey, he's one of the better H tight ends. He and a, a non Kansas city local guy, Chigo Congo from Maryland, both really athletic, both H tight ends, both guys that fit perfectly in a 12 personnel team and the chiefs run a little 12 personnel. A lot of teams run a lot of more 12 personnel. Now, if they don't have a fullback, those kind of guys are super valuable. That's one of my favorite things that you guys have going on down there at the shrine this year is just that organizing players based on where, you know, kind of the NFL best season to fit. Cause I'm same thing. Like you were saying there, you're surprised it hasn't been done before. It just makes so much sense to have, whether it's defensive players or offensive players playing in kind of their natural position, so to speak, moving forward. I think it's going to let these guys like Garrett Prince best show off what they can do kind of as the week goes on. I hope so. I mean, I just, again, I, not that I'm sort of genius. I just think that's what you're doing, right? Not every team runs a 4-3 defense, so why should every player be evaluated under 4-3 context? That feels pretty dumb to me. But I think it's going to help, especially guys like Garrett, slot receivers, edge rushers, et cetera. I think there's something to be said about not doing things just because that's how we've always done them. You Amen. know? Amen. And, and I think that's something that you're just like, yeah, maybe why why didn't some, like some people just, there's some common sense there. Like there's just, there's there's something that hasn't, you know, been done before, but like, I mean, that's not a bad thing. The change right. is not a bad thing, Eric. And like, like some of the changes that you've made make a lot of sense. And we're really excited. Some of them may be bad. I don't know. We'll find out. Right. I think I did a pretty good job. Maybe some of these ideas suck, but at least it's worthwhile to change it and check it out. And the, and the goal here and all the things we've changed, and I have to go to Shrine Bowl for a second, but like I, they're all designed to help players. Right. And if they're wrong, I'd rather be wrong helping a player than wrong because it was a selfish reason. But I think in, in Garrett's perspective, it's going to help. My, and then vice versa, you mentioned Lucas earlier. He's on the 11 personnel team because he has to show teams that he can be that 11 personnel tight end who can, you know, run crossing routes with an X receiver, just like Travis does with Demarcus Robinson, or whoever else. Right. So that, that's what he has to show at the Shrine Bowl. And he's going to have to do that specifically uh, in practices in the game. I love it. I love it. All right. We got to move on to one more local guy. We're going to the best D2 local school in the area, Pitt State. We're going to talk about Dallas Flowers here a little bit. Now, 
I couldn't find a lot to watch in Dallas Flowers, so I'm going to have to get back and dig up some more Pitt State uh, film here. But I think he transferred there from Grand View, Grand, Va- uh, Grand Valley, right? Or Grand View. Yeah, Grand View University Grand in View. Iowa. Grand View. Yeah, and so he stepped up in competition. It seems like he had a great year there for Pitt State. So, like, what did you guys see in him that made him, you know, bringing in down him there after just that first step up that he already had? Yeah, well-known guy by NFL teams, by the way, preseason, right? There are teams that enter the year just off that NAI film from Grandview with draftable grades on him. So he's not asleep by NFL team standards. The crazy part of Dallas Flowers, and hopefully you get some film for you to check him out, is you watch him, he can bend. He's a 6'1 corner, right? He's got the length, hand size, arm length. He has the size. He can bend and turn his hips really well and get vertical. But as a corner, He's so damn physical. I mean, he absolutely lays the lumber on a lot of guys, including in the run game, the pass game. And you're like, is he a corner? Well, he's he's not a safety only because he can turn and run and cover three. He's not necessarily a, a, a safety, though, because he can do that stuff pretty well, too. He also is a dynamic returner in his college career. So, like, maybe he can play offense. Like, I don't know where the hell Dallas is going to play in the NFL, but he's really athletic, really long, really physical, 3% body fat. He's going to run a 4-4 something. Like, I'm not sure where he plays, but hopefully teams can figure that out at the Shrine Bowl. There's oh, probably, absolutely. I was just saying, there's probably not very many, like, that's a kind of guy, like, he can yeah. probably, his his ceiling for, you know, changing his outlook's probably bigger than a lot of guys, just period, because of level of play and, and, and some of that, probably, I would assume, right? Yes. Yeah, I, again, I, I joke all the time with even the scouts I've talked to, like, I don't know where he's going to get picked or what he's going to play, but he's going to get drafted and he's going to play in the league somewhere, right? Maybe he bulks up 20 pounds and plays linebacker. Like, when you get a chance to watch him play at the Shrine Bowl, hopefully, is you'll kind of see like a me, like who the hell is that guy wearing that helmet? I don't know what logo that is, right? Except <laughs> you guys might know it now, but I like guess it's going to be one of those yeah. things. It's like, oh no. So immediately you'll see it. Yeah, Matty actually exciting. played at Pitt State. So, that, yeah, he, so he knows he knows a little bit about that's, it. That's that's the bias going on there. But like, yeah, I, the only <laughs> kind of stuff I could find was just return footage. So I just find him as a kick returner. And there's just so many highlights of him just running through so many people. I'm like, okay, this is very interesting. So I'm excited to watch him, you know, get out there, just see what he looks like live and stuff like that. Because it's one of those guys that I think is, he looks like he should pop a little bit when you're just watching him. So I'm, I'm excited to see him go out there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He'll pop for sure. So we we talked about some of the local guys and there's plenty of prospects that we we're just excited to kind of go watch our favorites. We just picked out. And uh, one of them for me is uh, he was actually, you know, it's, it's Ty Chandler out of, uh, out of North Carolina, very much very enjoyed cool. watching him play. Some of the explosive runs that he was able to generate some real patience at the line of scrimmage and then some explosion through the line. A lot of fun to watch. Um, just some of the, some of the things that really drew you to, to Ty Chandler. What were some of those things? Yeah, I'll be honest, uh, NFL scouts. Um, he was the talk of the southeast part of the country this year because well, he came from Tennessee. So all those southeast area scouts didn't watch him at Tennessee. So they were kind of like, oh, he's a transfer. He was a kind of a backup, a pitcher guy at Tennessee. So they weren't expecting much. And then they're there in August, and he flashes in their camp. And then some scouts, you know, were there in August, and they, oh, that guy's intriguing. But they don't come back to North Carolina until, like, October, right? So then, like, it's mid-October, they came back around to North Carolina – and at that point, he had two or three big games. He has a great game there. And it's like, this guy is not only like a sleeper, he could be a first or second down running back tomorrow in the NFL. So mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. He's a guy that, I mean, certainly we watched, but when I got the feedback from NFL teams that have third, fourth, fifth grades on him by mid-October, for a guy that's a first-year starter transfer, that's pretty damn intriguing and compelling. And I think his third down ability will have to be kind of figure out the Shrine Bowl. Maybe he doesn't have that right away in the NFL, pass blocking, pass catching. But when it comes to reading and reacting in the hole, getting up field, finishing big runs. I mean, that dude can make big plays in the NFL pretty quickly. 
that was one of the big things that I really was looking forward to watching at the Shrine Bowl is just how he does in some of the pass protection drills and some of his utilization, uh, you know, out of the backfield running routes. And those are some things like I'm I'm curious. I'm curious because I could I mean, those seems like those those kind of things could really improve his draft stock, too. I think if he shows a, a propensity and ability to do some of that. And I think sometimes, though, too, like, hey, you've got. Clyde Edwards, Alaire, and Daryl Williams for Chiefs alone, right? You don't need a guy to do third down stuff. You got two guys who can do it. Just give me a guy who's first, second down. And that for the Chiefs may be a third round pick, right? Hey, that's a need for us. Neither of those guys are explosive. That's a guy. So doing a lot of things, I think, for players is how James Cook at George is a good example, right? He can do everything well. I love that prospect. James Cook is going to be a financial NFL player, but he's kind of a unicorn, right? And I'd rather a guy who's really, really good at one or two things than a guy who's mediocre at a lot. And Ty Chandler is really, really good at first and second down, inside zone, outside zone. If the Chiefs want to do that, he's a great player. Not just the Chiefs, but everybody. But the Chiefs are a great example of, of a guy, hey, I've already got someone who can do that role. I don't need, for example, Pierre Strong at South Dakota State. Really, really good pass blocking running back. He'll be at the Shrine Bowl too. The Chiefs don't need that. Some teams don't need that guy right away. They need the first and second down guys. So Chandler's strength is a strength a lot of NFL teams really want. All right, we're going to flip sides of the ball here, and we're going to go with a pair of ex-teammates, I guess, with uh, out of Virginia Tech, Jermaine Waller's a cornerback, but then I really want to talk about Bryce Watts, who played at Virginia Tech a couple years ago, and it was funny. I saw his name on the list, and I went to go watch him because he's played at Massachusetts this past year, and the name sounded so familiar. I'm watching Watts play. He looks athletic. He's springy. He's got the size. I'm like, who is he? Why do I know this name? He played at Virginia Tech, and he actually was kind of famous for chasing down Cam Akers, essentially across the field when he was playing at Virginia Tech or when Cam Akers was back at Florida State. So that's just where I remembered him from. But Bryce Watts, the guy that like I've really loved this film lately, and I just love the athletic profile of him. So what was it about him that like really got you guys excited? I think we were talking a little before the show and just kind of how you guys like what you saw at him. So what is it that you guys saw at him that's got you really excited? Well, first off, how many people outside the NFL you think have watched more than one UMass game this year? It's got to be you and like three more people, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, UMass has not won a lot of games. I've watched a lot of UMass, but not many people talk about UMass players. But you're dead on with Bryce Watts. He is um, a player that a lot of NFL scouts. Some scouts I know have really bullish grades on him. He'll be one of the top 10, 15 corners drafted in the NFL draft for sure in this year's draft class. But there are some scouts who kind of got late, and, and I won't name their names, but some scouts didn't really know who he was in the Northeast until we had him in the Shrine Bowl. So I think he's a guy that, you know, risers is a very overused term. But I think he's a guy that when, when area scouts are late on that guy, then the GMs find out later. Like, that's a real riser. I think he's a chance to do that as well. Again, I think if he doesn't go to any All-Star game, he goes to the Combine or Pro Day and does what he's going to do there, he'll already be a top four or five-round draft pick. But he's going to go against – he'll be alongside corners like Jack Jones, first, second-round pick, Kalen Barnes, second-round pick probably, Chase Lucas. And if he can be the guy I know he can be talent-wise compared to those guys, sky's really limit for Bryce Watts. And then you mentioned Jermaine Waller, corner of Virginia Tech, an unbelievable 2019 season, right? Virginia Tech was pumping out NFL corners for a long time there. Outstanding 2019, got hurt. Came back this past year in 2021, especially the second half of the year, looked really, really good. He's a bit skinny. He knows that. I talked to Jermaine about that. He's got to get up to 190, 195 if he can. But he is a true downfield cover three corner. Can do a little press, can work downfield really well. And he is a guy that NFL teams feel, hey, if, if you've got a really good nickel who can protect him a little bit in the tackling game early on, he could start in the NFL tomorrow. He's got limitations he's got to get better at. But Jermaine is probably a starter who's shown he can be a high-end player in college at Virginia Tech. And Bryce Watts. Hell of a find by you. He's going to be a guy that the whole teams are really talking about the next few months. 
Hey, listen, we get I get lucky every now and then. So we got those. Two. I, I love just kind of what you're saying about Jermaine Wallet, because I mean, just that kind of aligned with exactly what I said. Really good cover corner. And it's going to be a little bit, you know, got to get up to the physicality of the NFL because it's a guy he doesn't always want to go throw his shoulder in there. But I love his cover skills. So, you know, this is exactly kind of what you were seeing there. You mentioned Jack Jones. We might as well talk about him real quick. I got to say, he's one of my favorite guys to watch just because his mouthpiece is never in his mouth. And that's because he's going to talk trash the entire time. And it's just, that's my perfect style of corner. If there's one trait that I want, it's a trash talking corner. I mean, he's really good too, but I'll let you talk about that. I just got to get my uh, all church team takes off out. He's that, he's that like basketball player. Like, like, I don't know who he compares to, but like one of those guys, like he's, he's going against Kobe Bryant. He's still like super cocky and confident. That, That Jack Jones. And He's a bit of a smaller guy. Um, and to be clear, Jack has had issues in his past. We shouldn't gloss over that. He had a really bad incident at USC. I've talked to Jack about that. Jack is going to explain that, I think, really well to NFL teams. And I think without that incident, if he is still at USC or he didn't have an incident transferred to Arizona State, Jack would be a first-round prospect right now. He is, I think, one of the best true man-to-man cover corners since Tredavious White in the draft process. If you guys know Tredavious White, he's the guy that they traded Pat Mahomes for at Buffalo Bills. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh yeah, that, though, those, those that names good. go together well in, exactly. in Casey. We're all familiar. Exactly. But but Jack <laughs> is that good of a prospect and that good of a player. And even teams that don't think he could be there, if they play more zone, he's not a fit for them, they say, yeah, but he'll be the best nickel quarter of the draft too. So Jack has immense potential, immense talent. If he is not the most impressive quarter of the Shrine Bowl, that means someone like Bryce Watts or Kalen Barnes became a first-round pick as well too. So Jack has a lot of expectations for myself, NFL scouts, and he'll be – I think the guy that's most likely the Shrine Bowl to be a first-round pick this year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's let's switch off, let's switch sides of the ball again. Let's talk let's talk about a few yeah. receivers, some guys that we're kind of excited about. Uh, first one off the top, Tyquan Thornton from Baylor, uh, long stride and explosive guy down the field. You go pop on some of his tape. He's making a lot of explosive plays and pass plays down the field. He's a lot of fun to watch. And he kind of did it in a lot of different ways. But like, I mean, even in the red zone, they're running him on that little over yeah. route across the field, just letting him use his speed to get over across the field. And boy, I think he, I, he's a fun prospect. 
there there's a probably four or five receivers where like the first thing on the report is just speed, right? Mm. I, that's <laughs> not surprising. It's not an accident. I want to make sure we had fast and physical athletic guys. And Taekwon is incredibly fast, a four, three. I mean, I joke all the time. He's a six, two, two year starter with four, three speed who runs a full route tree. Like that's the report. He's a third round pick, like just on paper. I don't care what he does of that, but he can do that. But you mentioned ability to get vertical. He, he, as a downfield big receiver, a lot of times those guys end up being jump ball guys. That's not him. He can finish and kind of hide his hands late. He's really good in the red zone. He did that in the Big 12 championship game. He had a red zone touchdown um, against, I forget who it was, but very, very impressive. Christian Holmes over Christian Holmes, also a draft pick, really impressed with the red zone. Taekwon, if he can show at the Shrine Bowl that he can be a starter, complete receiver, he can beat press consistently, he can win on those dig routes, and kind of those midfield routes. Again, he'll be viewed as a starting receiver in the NFL as well. And 4-3, 6-2, can run a route tree, win the red zone. Not a lot of those guys in the draft process every year. He will be. He has a chance right now coming in based on NFL grades. Probably has the highest grade consistently around the league right now of any receiver at the Shrine Bowl. So good call. Okay. Uh, wait, wait, just out of curiosity, where, where are you kind of yeah. were you, were you seeing him stacked right now? Yeah, I, I think he the way he's going to run the combine, the pro day process, I don't think he gets out of the top 100 picks. Um, and the Shrine Bowl have a lot to do with that. Again, he'll go against, I keep saying those names, Jack Jones, Caitlin Parts, Chase Lucas, just like our offensive line. We got two or three offensive linemen going to go in the top 100 picks as well. So if edge rushers do well against those guys, they'll go higher. I think same for Taekwon Thornton. If he can win those reps against those top cornerbacks, top 100 is well within reach. Again, if you're 6'2", 4'3", that alone, if you play well, you're going to go in the top 100 picks. For sure. Uh, another another uh, wide receiver, Javon Hiley, uh, out of Coastal Carolina. Um, I really enjoyed watching him uh, off his vertical play. And like, I, I think I ran a really nice comeback. He was going upfield vertical a lot in Coastal Carolina. What are the things that teams are going to be wanting to see out of him at the Shrine Bowl f- for him to kind of improve his style? Man, you guys are awesome. Man. You nailed it. It's the route <laughs> running for Javon Hiley, man. He is honestly, yeah. I think probably the second best route runner in the country behind Chris Olave out of college. I mean, really, really crisp. He's probably uh, a slightly slower Keenan Allen in terms of his play style, but really efficient comebacks, dig routes, post routes. He plays off routes really well. You can see he's starting to develop a lot this past year, double routes, which is really hard for college kids to do, but he knows how to actually do that and sell it, get that back, put that false step around. And I think as a route runner, that's become so valuable. And Javon Hiley, kind of a quick story. I was talking to a couple NFL offensive coaches during the season this year, especially ones that were seven for them out of the playoffs at the time. So they had more time to watch college football players, but they, I, we were talking about them saying, Hey, it's, it's the Cooper cup and maybe a tough name for you to hear me Hardman effect, right? Where it's, Hey, for a while, we just want speed, 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 because yeah. it opens up, it gets you vertical and up at the midfield stuff. And what teams are learning with Cooper cup and a lot of new offenses is if you have a guy who can just always win one-on-one as a route runner, like Cooper cup does, that opens up vertically more. That, that forces teams to do a little underneath stuff as well. So if Javon Hiley can be the Z receiver version of Cooper Cup, think about how much that helps your slot receiver get vertical, whoever else. So I'm trying to bring up Miko Harmon, but that Cooper Cup, Miko Harmon, similar draft class, similar areas. Yeah. Guys like Javon Hiley are much more in vogue now with NFL offensive play callers. Yeah, you can sign been... me up. You can sign me up for, for that kind of – yeah, you can sign me up for that for sure. Sorry, yeah, Manny, I, you get No, up? no, I was just going to say, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm glad we got him in there because I'm in North Carolina, so I'm right around the corner from Coastal, and I watch them play all the time. Haven't got it out to a stadium because they always play on, like, Wednesdays or whatever they do out here. But it's just – it's been so fun watching him kind of be that go-to guy anytime that Coastal has to throw the ball. Anytime McCall's really got to throw the ball at some point in time, you just almost always know it's going to him. Then you see him operate vertically, and it just – you comparing him kind of that second best 
route runner to Chris Olave. And it's like, yep, that's a bit almost word for word. But I have in my notes is like, he's kind of like that slight step down, but a similar receiver as him. So like, I love hearing that because like, that's kind of what I saw with them. And I just love that route running ability. And you take him and put him in chiefs draft show. We're going to talk little chiefs. Like you've been doing, you put him in an offense, like what Kansas city has, where they already have the speed and they just need that second kind of possession guy to pair with Travis Kelsey to get those third downs and stuff. Just like that pairing to me makes so much sense or a guy like him. So like, I'm super excited to watch him down there in Vegas. Yeah, he, he's awesome. And and by the way, you can't help but notice the other guy, that quarterback he's throwing to, Grayson McCall. He's going to be a good one next year, man. So you got a good yeah. one there. Yeah, he's a fun player to watch for sure. Uh, okay, so there's one more receiver we want to ask you about. And there is a slight Chiefs tied to it from uh, Jordan Stearns, who was in Kansas City for a brief minute. His brother, Jarris Stearns, the wide receiver out of Western Kentucky, a little different than the guys we've just been talking about. More of a, you know, a slot type receiver. Uh, the thing that really stood out to me with him was his toughness. I thought he made some really tough physical catches and it was, you know, willing to, you know, kind of catch over the middle of the field. But what are some of the other traits that you liked out of him? I liked how many yards he put up this year and how many touchdowns. <laughs> he that was very nice. And, and I'll be honest on Jareth. It's, it's tough because he's going to be a slot only and he's probably best when he's that kind of secondary slot and four wide, or he's in the, you know, off the line of scrimmage and kind of a bunch set. And that's pretty limiting. But I think for Jareth, He's been productive, and that production is too much to overlook. And sometimes, I, I mentioned with Taekwon, right? Sometimes scouting is easy as, is he tall, is he fast, is he strong, right? Then, okay, I'll take him and figure it out later. And for Jared, it's, hey, I don't care what size he is. When you put up 700 yards in one season, like, that's pretty nuts. And against good competition, and he's winning if you watch a route runner. It's from the slot a lot of times, but he's winning as a route runner. He's, he's being successful, and yeah, he might be a mid-four-fives guy, and yeah, he's not the biggest size guy. So admittedly do i know if jared's gonna be an nfl player i think he is i think he's shown he can do that at a high level but i think he'll have a chance to prove himself at the shrine bowl because it's very easy to say he's small he's not that fast and bailey zappy and zach kitley in that offense but maybe he would have been just as productive in a different offense as well and i want jared to show that offense as well too so it's sometimes easy as you can't overlook that production it's not by accident he was bailey zappy who's gonna be a third round picks go-to guy for a reason right and i think he wants to show that reason besides being barely zappy. So I think Jared has a lot to prove at the Shrine Bowl, but if he can win even a little bit at the Shrine Bowl without Bailey Zappi, without that offense, you know NFL is going to be like, you know what? Then we should deny the production. If he struggles with the Shrine Bowl, it may be tough, but if they can't point to just Western Kentucky's offense as why it was good, then it's going to be a really different conversation for NFL teams. All right. We got to get one more switch. We got to go to the trenches a little bit. We're going back to the yeah. defensive side right now. There yeah, we he gotta is. Get to the, there he is. The big guys. So, guy, really impressive. Matthew Butler, defensive tackle out of Tennessee, kind of like a, a three-tech kind of looking guy, a little bit of an under-tackle. But mm -hmm. I was watching, and I had no expectations going in. I don't know why he didn't jump off watching any Tennessee live, but I'm watching him versus Pittsburgh early in the year, and the explosion is the first thing that steps out. But not just the first step, but when he's moving guards off of his body, his ability to just move laterally while also displacing offensive linemen was through the roof. Like He was so disruptive in that game. I'm surprised I have not heard more people talk about Matt Butler up to this point in time. One of the cool things about Butler, too, is that he's played a 3-4 more the year before and more 4-3 this year. And a lot of different techniques he plays knows. He plays 3-tech. I will say for Matt, he is one of the smartest kids I've talked to at the Shrine Bowl this year. I've talked to all these players and the thoughtfulness. Uh, he's got, you know, uh, bloodlines to the NFL as well through family members, so he knows kind of what that expectation is. But you talk to Matt for a second. I tell scouts all the time, wherever you have Matt Butler, second round, third round, fifth round, just put it up one more round grade. You'll thank me later. Like, don't let this guy get away. He's that smart. He's that professional. He's that focused. 
And he's one of the guys that's asking me questions beyond just, you know, what do teams think of me? But if I do this, what will that happen? Hey, what does this process mean? So I'll go back to the player on the field, but that's sometimes important to know sometimes. And I had that access talking to these guys all the time that, hey, not every guy is like that and not very many offensive or defensive linemen, especially defensive linemen, are as thoughtful as Matthew Butler is. So super smart guy that if he's a chief, just know that he'll be on the roster for at least four or five years, not for 15, 20. Um, but as a player, you hit it, man. I mean, I think he, when you watch that defensive line, especially, and it's a lot of three-man front, not a lot of blitzing this past year, he's really getting penetration. He's able to kind of get through contact and play wide and finish in the backfield or at least disrupt plays a lot too. And I think that maybe now that you know that he's such a smart kid, you'll see the reactions he makes. He's very rarely, you know, tries to be over-aggressive in the B-gap and leaves the A-gap open, not really his style of game. So I think he'd be a great fit as a five-tech. In a lot of three, four defenses, I think he's probably best suited for kind of that three, five tech hybrid and those uh, hybrid over even fronts or under, uh, sorry, even on fronts. But I think the versatility is truly there with him. And I remember I talked to Matt about this. I tell a lot of players this versatility, right, and, and is very valuable. But people talk about hearing tweeners, like is the guy's a tweener? Like I joke all the time, are you a tweener or are you a neither, right? Can you actually do both or are you just kind of bad at both of them? You're not either one of those. So I'm like, Matt, I think you're really a guy who can do both those at a high level, but not every guy can do that. So, again, very bullish on Matt Matt Butler. I think he's got a great chance to be a longtime NFL player. And once you're in the NFL for two, three years, he's a guy that's going to get a lot better when he's there. So if he goes to the right defense, he may be a 8, 9, 10 sack a year type player in the right defensive front for sure. Yeah, and I love that you brought up like kind of just the, the off-field stuff because that is the things that like people just watching at home, like you can watch as much as you want, but you're not going to have that access to know how smart he is, his process of going to the game without getting that access. Like that stuff makes such a big difference no matter what it, happens on the field. It's fun sometimes too, man, because sometimes like don't ever guess that a guy is smart but what he's doing. Some guys are just lucky and they're just like, yeah, I guess <laughs> right. But you can tell he's not, but he's not lucky. Some guys, other games or, or other all-star games or other guys in our game itself, maybe got a bit lucky in their guesses, but Matthew Butler, <laughs> super thoughtful guy. <laughs> All right, so we're sticking at defensive tackle. We're going with a little bit different style of player, but uh, at another guy out of Arizona State, DJ Davidson, uh, bigger guy. So I think he's listed about 6'5", 325 pounds. And, yeah. you know, different games went different ways, but he, he's a lot of fun. Just the power, the raw power. You put one blocker on him, good luck stopping him from pushing this guy around anywhere he goes. I had so much fun watching DJ Davidson for a different reason than Matthew Butler, but it's just that size and power combination in the middle of that Arizona state defense, letting Butler run around behind him and just smack people around with that speed. Like I had a, Davidson was a lot of fun as that kind of that nose tackle guy. How crazy is this of all the nose tackles at the shrine bowl? He is the lightest and oh, he's like three wow. 30. We've got some <laughs> big freaking guys at the shrine bowl this year, but he is the lightest of all the nose tackles at the Shrine Bowl. And I think the way he plays, he's not a guy that's going to be great in space, but he's very nimble. I think he can win as a one-gapper and kind of eat up that one gap and let his, you know, blitzing come behind him, like inside linebackers work behind him. We saw Darian Butler, who's also the Shrine Bowl, blitz behind him a lot very successfully. They can stunt very well Arizona State. So he's a guy that is a true, like, setup man as a pass rusher in pass rush situations. But I think for DJ, winning that one gap, playing wide and being nimble enough when the backfield is there, right? A defensive tackle's job, especially a nose tackle, and that defense especially, is not to, like, make tackles or make sacks, but it's to disrupt the running backs, force them outside, let guys like the Arizona State DBs, which a lot of talented ones, as we talked about earlier, let those guys make the tackle, and DJ does at a very high level. Very smart kid, unselfish, knows his role. I think he is a plug-and-play rotational defensive tackle in the NFL right away, right? Can be a three-tech run defender, a nose tackle pass guy, and then in the future, his role can be a starter role for the NFL for sure. 
And, you know, I, I'm a huge Derek Nottie fan, but the contract's coming up. So, you know, Chiefs fans, you got to keep your eyes on that defensive tackle position might have some yeah. turnover this upcoming year. Because, you know, guys can't Jaron Reed, Derek Nottie contract up. You got to replace some of the – you need a big body in there next to Chris Jones. You know, Davidson, not a, not a guy that you should not have your eyes on. All right, I like Eric. It. I like it. I, I got, I've got one question for you. And I, I, oh. Before we get you out of here, and I know there are several of these guys that fit this criteria that I'm about to ask you. But – just one or two guys that when the process is over in Vegas, mm. you're going to turn around and say, those dudes help themselves the most. Or uh, those dudes help themselves out a lot. How about that? Because there's going to be so many of them anyway. But give me a couple. Yeah, I mean, Bryce Watts was a hell of a find by you guys. That's a good <laughs> one. That's a good one, man. I'll give you guys props. That's, that's maybe my go-to answer because people don't know about him very much. Um, I'll give you a couple. One, I would say, uh, I know the Chiefs have a pretty good quarterback they should be fine but ej perry a brown quarterback he'll be one of the best quarterback athletes combine testing wise in the last few years like mm. freak like this dude can do 360 dunks like he'll run a 4-4 41 inch vert like he's a fun prospect that like i don't think he'll play safe in the nfl but if it doesn't work out a quarterback like he could definitely be a safety he's what i make sure i know as well Derek deets of san jose state is one of the best tight ends in this draft class um, he'll be being a wide tight end along with Lucas Crow about earlier, but he's a really, really tight end prospect. Other Chiefs have been doing a lot of homework on tight ends this year in the draft process. So um, I think that a tight end is in the market for them, and Derek would be an awesome fit for them. Kyle Phillips, receiver at UCLA, he declared early for the draft, but he is a mix somewhere between Cooper Cup and Hunter Renfro. Um, he guy that has a little bit of style that both not quite the downfield speed guy that Cooper Cup can be, but he's a little more vertically gifted than Hunter Renfro. So Phillips is a great guy to know as well. Um, who else we got here? Jeffrey Gunter, edge rusher from Coastal Carolina, also has a chance to be a top two or three round pick. Really good athlete. Another really thoughtful kid, a really impressive guy. Um, Carson Wells, edge rusher from Colorado. If the numbers are true at his training facility, he's going to be an absolute monster at the combine. Like, I didn't believe it. I asked for proof <laughs> on the 40 times and the broad jump. So, freak athlete, edge rusher, always good to have. And then... I can go a lot more. I don't keep you guys all day here. Um, I'll give you one. I'll give you one more. Alec Lindstrom of Boston College, along with being Chris Lindstrom's brother, along with being a guy who's played a lot of positions in college, Alec is arguably from NFL teams the best true center in this draft class, right? I know other All Star games have a lot of guys going from guard to center, but Alec is as a guy who's played center in college, he's maybe the best guy from NFL teams' point of view. Not necessarily mine. They're all my favorite centers, I promise. But Alec has the highest grades. But Alec Lindstrom, instantly. He is going to be also the East team long snapper. He and linebacker Diego Fago can long snap at potentially NFL level. Oh. So they're hopefully going to be the first guys in this draft class. Hopefully we'll find more of them next year of guys that can actually fill two roles, right? Versatility wise, we got De'Ara King playing quarterback and receiver. We'll have Dallas Flowers playing whatever he wants to play, apparently, as I said earlier. <laughs> and then we've got Alec Lindstrom playing center, short snapper, long snapper for the East team. So interesting one to watch there for sure. Dude, we can't wait to get out there. Yeah. We are all like KCSN is just buzzing to get out there and excited to to, to spend. Yeah, a week I, I, I'm sure you guys want to see the players on Vegas. I'm sure it's all about the players. All you guys care about is <laughs> to watch the I'm, players. I'm ready sure, to leave sure. right now. Ready you to leave be, right now. Yeah. That's it, Eric, Eric. You'd be surprised at how much we're gonna nerd out. So <laughs> I know. I mean, you watch you watch like multiple UMass games this year. I'm surprised. So <laughs> you guys will be watching film at 11 o'clock at night at the blackjack yeah. table. Be watching yeah. film. So. <laughs> watching film. Well, there's no phones at the table, so we can't do both. There we go. Good That's point. Eric Galco, the director of the East-West Shrine Bowl. 
Cannot wait to, to see you next week, buddy. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us. Appreciate it, guys. Looking forward to having you out there. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.